Welcome to After the Bell Podcast, Episode 17, Coffee with Cade. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of After the Bell Podcast. Podcasts about teaching stories, great teachers, what's going on in the world, and just whatever else I feel like talking about during a pandemic. Before we get to Kate, our guest today, I want you just to ponder this thought. Who was that teacher that made you kind of pumped to be at school? Maybe challenged you? Maybe were memorable ones? And kind of what made them stand out? So why I say that is our guest today, Cade. I think for a lot of kids is that teacher. Maybe send us a direct message to our Instagram page at after dot the bell. Tell me about your teacher. Maybe you want to send us a name of a teacher that really inspired you, or maybe you were going through a hard time and were just a great person who you remember many years down the road. Before we get to our guest segment and our hands up segment, I just got to throw this out there. It is crazy nice out to the point where it's like, we're in winter here in central Alberta. Most of my following is probably from central Alberta, except if you're one of the 9%, the 9%ers from America listening. But I think most of us are from central Alberta and it's gorgeous outside. The days are getting longer, it's getting brighter earlier, it's staying lighter, longer, and it's just so much nicer outside. Everyone's in a better mood, myself included. The kids at school, I mean, they kind of have that spring fever a little bit, but you know, we're back to actually being outside for recess, and yeah, gotta, gotta just say I love the positivity of, of this time of year as we inch closer towards spring now that i've said that i'm sure i've jinxed it and we'll probably get 35 centimeters of snow and minus 25 next week but optimism is on its way let's hope let's hope uh what are we watching right now on tv uh natasha and i actually we just started watching yellowstone which and Natasha will be the first to say, like, it is not a show that I'm probably used to watching, like that kind of style of show. But I don't know. There's just something that I'm enjoying about it. I think we're in like we've done three or four episodes, but it kind of reminds me of like the small town I grew up in and just that part of the world. So if you're looking for something to watch on TV and you're all caught up on 17 episodes of After the Bell podcast, I would recommend Yellowstone. Uh, for your viewing pleasure. Now it's time for our hands up segment where we go into the fan mail request or Instagram account. This time we're going traditional back to an email sent to me. So our hands up segment comes from longtime listener, first time writer, Scott. Scott says this, since I don't do Instagram, I'm going to reach out this way. I have enjoyed listening to your podcast. I've caught up after learning about it at a PD session. 
great idea for all teachers and non-teachers to listen to. I know I'm old, but if you need a guess, I would volunteer my time. I would even be willing to change my name to Dave or David to help t- maintain your guest streak. Scott. What a great email to receive from a legend in the teaching game. I've known Scott for lots of years. I mean, stemming back from a student to now, obviously, as a fellow colleague. But yeah, as a student, I remember going and and seeing Scott at competitions, and he was intense. Like I remember being at at uh, a rival school, and uh, yeah, he was just really passionate for that guy, and I, and I know he still is. So it's pretty cool to see him in that different role now um, as a colleague instead of a student. So we'll definitely have to get Scott on the podcast. And again, make sure you pass on our podcast to others so that you can be like Scott and come on the podcast someday. So this is episode 17 of After the Bell podcast. We're calling it Coffee with Cade. Cade was talking about coffee right before we got on and I was inspired uh, to go with my, you might be disappointed, Kate. Uh, I went with just a, a blonde roast Starbucks choice. So I know, I know we'll get into coffee uh, and and I know it ties big into your podcast, but do you have a, like an afternoon, evening pod, uh, like a pod of coffee that you go with? Uh, it kind of depends on what I'm feeling that day. We have a whole cabinet full of coffee. I'm kind of a coffee freak. So, uh, it's not uncommon for me to drink like two pots a day between school and then coming home. And I'm one of those people that like, I'll be drinking coffee at like 10 o'clock at night before I go to bed and it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. So. Good, good for you. Yeah. I, I feel like if I have like even drinking this coffee now, it's, it's like five 30 when we're recording, like I'm a little worried that I'll, I won't be able to sleep later, but anyways, uh, we're going to, we're going to take attendance. So again, my guest today on episode 17 of after the bell, coffee with Cade uh, is Cade. So Cade, do you want to maybe just start with uh, an introduction? I call it the hockey card introduction. Do you want to tell us maybe a, a teacher bio, how many years teaching you've been, maybe your current assignment or just a favorite class or subject? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Cade. Uh, this is my fourth year of teaching. I'm predominantly junior and senior high English as well as high school drama. Um, I have taught every stream of English that exists in Alberta from grade seven through grade 12, <laughs> including like all the dash one, dash two and dash four. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, drama from seven up. Um, currently this year, so I've got Grade seven English for the first time, um, grade nine English, 10 2, and that's it for English. And then for drama, I've got drama 10, 20, 30, and then we just added performing arts 15, 25, 35 for the kids who finished that up, and it's like a locally developed course. Um, drama is probably my favorite just because you get to know the kids so, like, in such a different way from how you see them in a regular academic class. Um, but English is, is right up there as well. So good. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for your introduction and, and a couple things off about Kate right off the start. I mean, to speak so passionately about classes like English and, 
and and drama and and maybe I just didn't have the the greatest experiences with those classes, but uh, I I can speak highly. I I actually worked with Cade for for a couple of years, and I, the kids absolutely love him, and he makes those classes fun, which. I would say I'm a little bit struggling on that end right now myself. So maybe you can give me some pointers a little bit later on, sure. but, but, I can, uh, I can try. <laughs> yeah, he's, you, you, you definitely, wow. I didn't realize you taught all those classes, but it just shows people listening to this podcast, right? When you get a teaching job, it's like, what's coming next. Who knows what classes you're going to get. You're just going to be thrown to the wolves and, and you've obviously survived that. So. Way to go! Well, I'm trying to at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I have to, I have to laugh too, because I mean, Kate and I taught at the same school, but you know, I've, I've since moved back to elementary, and it's crazy just the connecting through technology. Like, and I think you'd agree too, Kate. Like, we've talked more. We've, you know, Google Meets or just podcasted together, or, or just connected so much more since the pandemic started than we ever did at the hallways of our school. Yeah, hundred percent. It's really weird that now that we're in different schools, it seems like we're all like, we're both in all the same like committees and doing the same kind of activities and stuff. And yeah, like you were saying, like we, we were in a small school and it feels like that was like the biggest one hallway school in the world. I Cause agree. yeah, like we never saw each other, like other than, you know, staff meetings where we yeah. were just, kind of in the same room, not really re interacting a whole lot. Yeah. But now we actually like get a chance to talk to each other about things that we like genuinely care about as opposed to just whatever the safety meeting is that month. Yeah. And, and for the record, uh, and just so it's on this podcast forever on Apple, uh, I was never avoiding you. So it don't take it personally. It just, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the same classes. We were on opposite yeah. ends of the school. So again, just for the record and for cause, probably because Mike's listening right now thinking, how do they never connect? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't avoiding you either. I was just trying to like keep my head above water. You caught me like my first <laughs> like permanent teaching contract was before that. I was just I was doing subbing and then mat leaves, and uh, yeah, I was just trying desperately to fake like I knew what I was doing. So <laughs> true that, true that. Well, we'll 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 move on to our warm up segment. I think it's very fitting when I when we think of a warm up. Uh, I I personally want to dive into a, an aspect of your life that we kind of briefly talked about before recording, but I know that there's a lot more. So for those of you listening, Cade is I don't I don't want to say the word the Cobra Kai black belt, the karate, because I don't know if that's offend I don't know if that's offensive if you're in Taekwondo to say that. I say that because I used one of Cade's uh, Cade's outfit for my Halloween costume and the kids loved it. But Kate, do you want to maybe talk about Taekwondo and maybe how you got into it and maybe yeah. just your experience with, with such a niche sport? Do we call it a yeah, sport? Sure. Is that fair to call uh, it a sport? Yeah, there's different schools of thought. I, yeah, we can call it a sport. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I've been doing Taekwondo for, Jesus is my 21st year, I think. Um, so I've been doing it since I was like five or six. Um, and in the town that I grew up in, basically you did hockey, baseball, or there was Taekwondo. And I was a chubby kid who couldn't run and I never learned how to skate. <laughs> um, so I had a buddy who, he was my best friend at the time. We were in grade one or kindergarten. He was talking about how he was doing Taekwondo when he was learning to be a ninja. And I was like, man, I love the Ninja Turtles. I want to do that. So I, I just 
begged my parents to let me join and they, they signed me up. My dad was convinced that I was going to quit. Um, he didn't buy me my first like uniform to wear until like a week before I tested for my like first rank of belt um, because he was positive I wasn't going to make it. Every <laughs> now and then I like to remind him of that yeah. 21 years later. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, for anybody who might not be aware, Taekwondo is a Korean martial art uh, that focuses on kicks and punches and self-defense and all that jazz. And uh, I really kind of clicked with it right away. Um, I was a kid who got bullied a lot and wasn't very confident. And Taekwondo was something that, while I hoped I would never have to use it, it was something that like I, I knew that I could defend myself if I needed to. And it was something that I was pretty decent at, um, of which there wasn't a lot <laughs> back in the day. I was yeah. a pretty awkward human being. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was just something that I, I picked up pretty quick. Um, yeah, I've been doing it forever. Uh, I got my black belt when I was 14, and I've been continuing training since then. Uh, I'm a fifth-degree black belt now. I Pre-COVID, I had my own school that I ran with uh, about 20 students. Um, I went to the World Championships when I was 16 uh, as a part of Team Canada. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it's something that I love. That's, that's how I met my wife. Uh, we both have been doing Taekwondo forever. We met at a summer camp for Taekwondo. And yeah, we're smitten. So yeah, that's yeah, it, I, it's been huge. That's crazy. And I knew you had a background. But again, I, I definitely didn't know it was that big in your life. But again, you can just feel the passion coming up with you. So what would be so maybe a piece of advice either for someone wanting to get into Taekwondo community or maybe they have a kid that wants to get in. I obviously COVID aside right now is maybe a little challenging, but like what is there a place to start for, for someone looking into it? Uh, so biggest thing I would say, cause like Taekwondo is at one point it was, I'm not sure if it still is, but at one point it was the most widely practiced martial art in the world just because it's everywhere. Um, we surpassed karate at one point. I don't know if we still are at that point or not. Um, but chances are you have a club in, if not your town in a neighboring town that you can join up with. Um, so if you're looking for like what schools to join, I would just say, do a little bit of research to see what, you know, current students and past students have to say about it. There's a lot of different schools of thought as far as how to teach Taekwondo. Some people are very traditional and very hard nosed. And, um, that might be a little bit intense for you or your kid. If that's not kind of the direction you steer towards. Um, and some people are super relaxed and chill and, you know, maybe you're looking for something that has a little more discipline and that doesn't appeal to you. So just kind of call around and see what, you know, kind of what people have to say about it. Um, but the biggest thing is just like, don't, don't be one of those people who's like, well, I'll join, but I want to, I need to be fit before I can join. Right. You don't need to be in like really peak physical condition. You don't even need to be able to touch your toes when you join. That's the stuff that you'll work on building as you're in Taekwondo. And honestly, anybody can do it. I've trained people who have, you know, physical disabilities and gotten them through their black belts. Uh, I've, I've had students who were like senior citizens um, and have done very well. So don't feel like it's one of those things where like, oh, I can't run a half mile. So I, I'll never be able to get my black belt. Like that's not at all what it's about. Yeah. Uh, it's just getting out there and trying it. So perfect. Well, I can't touch my toes, so maybe I should sign up for Taekwondo. <laughs> good, good. This, do it. <laughs> episode seventeen of After the Bell Coffee with Cade. Uh, we're going to move on to our hook segment, which I want to just touch on podcasting. And, and here's a shameless plug for for Cade's podcast. Mike joined us earlier on an episode of After the Bell, but they are two of I think it's four members. Yeah, four yeah. members of a podcast called Cantrips and Coffee, and you can find it on, I believe, 
like Apple and Spotify and I'm sure a few more places. I think we're on pretty much anything. Yeah. If you listen to podcasts on it, uh, you'll probably find us. And if not, give us an email and we'll we'll change that. We'll get ourselves on there. <laughs> For sure. And Cade was an inspiration, him and Mike, of, of kind of this podcast. I always joke because I always thought of doing it, but it, I, I honestly didn't know anyone in my immediate circle that that started it. And one day I'm just sitting there and at all this, I just see a pop up for this podcast and I, the name of course, cantrips and coffee. I'm like, what the heck is this even going to be? I have no idea. And uh, yeah, they kind of gave me that friendly push and, and said, you should, you should try it out. So anyways, here we are. So our podcasts are crossing paths a little bit here, but how did you guys uh, kind of start? And have you had any challenges while you've been doing the podcast? And then maybe like some things that you've learned while doing it. I know you're like the editor of, of your podcast, but do you want to yeah. just in a nutshell talk about podcasting? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so Mike and I, uh, we, you know, obviously work together with Murray and uh, we were just talking one day about things that we wanted to do that, you know, we, we wish we had more time for and like creative outlets outside of teaching. And uh, Mike mentioned that he'd always had this idea of like a YouTube show or a podcast or something that was focused on um, reviewing tabletop role-playing games, which includes things like Dungeons and Dragons for anybody who's not familiar with the term. And he, uh, he mentioned it to me and said like, you know, this is his idea. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be really cool. You know, I, I had a podcast when I was in college um, that was all about like comic books and stuff like that. And it, it never really went anywhere, but like we did it for two or three years. And uh, he was like, oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Like maybe you can help me get it set up. I was like, yeah, like I'll let you know what I know. Like I said, it was very DIY and unprofessional and everything like that. And from there, it just kind of steamrolled to, well, if we're going to be playing these games, we need to have more people. So we added in a couple of buddies. And then we were like, okay, well, if we're just playing the games and then talking about them, there was going to be really long episodes. So we better split them up into different types. And then it was like, okay, well, we've been doing this for a while. And now I think we want to change the format up a little bit. Let's add some other stuff in. It's just kind of been this, this growing, evolving project that's been really cool to kind of have a, a creative outlet that's not just like, okay, what's the coolest project I can make for this novel study? Right. Um, yeah. And as far as like stuff that I've learned, um, like Murray said, like I'm the main editor for uh, our podcast. So for every hour of recording time that we have, I'm spending probably two or three editing. Wow. Um, and it's something that I've, I've just kind of taught myself. I, I didn't do any audio engineering or anything. Uh, I have a little bit of a music background, but not in this end of things. Um, so it's just been, it's been kind of a neat process of teaching myself a skill that um, is very niche and probably won't come in handy in too many other aspects of my life, but it's something that I can be like, yeah, I, I learned how to do that. And I do that. And that's a thing now. So. Right. And um, I, have you, have you done any, any work like within your classes with podcasting? Cause I, I just was kind of messing around uh, in my grade six class this year. And I was like, you know, I, I, I'm really pumped about what I'm doing. And I, you know, I, I especially noticed I had some kids that like weren't love lovers of writing. I, I just want to say it yeah. that way. And I thought, you know what, this is a cool way to, for those kids, maybe express themselves and kind of put themselves out there in, in a different kind of way. Have you done any work with that at, at your current school? Um, so I started doing some of that with my drama kids and they right. quickly were like, okay, yeah, like this is really cool, but like, it's not really drama. 
Right. Like we're just chatting and it's like interviewing and stuff. And that's really neat. Yeah. So then we pivoted that to doing like radio plays and we started doing like recording ourselves in different roles um, and piecing them together, like old timey radio plays from like the fifties. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of been the extent of what I've been using it with so far. Um, there are plans in the future with part of the drama room. There's some old like band practice rooms yeah. um, that are just kind of used as storage now, but we don't have a band program. Um, so the plan is to in, down the road, convert those rooms into like recording booths okay. so that we can do podcasting. We can do like making your own sound effects for plays and stuff like that. And kind of start with it being part of the drama program and then start kind of branching it out into, you know, English classes and science classes and anybody that wants to kind of get in there and do some recording, have an area that is set aside to do that well and have the equipment that you would need and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's definitely something that I think would be a really cool um, project and outlet. Like you said, for those kids that aren't as uh, writing inclined or, you know, are better at expressing themselves verbally than, you know, any other way. Uh, I think it has a lot of potential. I think it's really cool because it's, it's a newer thing. Uh, podcasting has only been around for the last maybe, you know, 15 years. And it's just kind of starting to slowly get into the point where it's accessible enough that anybody can pick it up. And right. I think that's really cool as far as what we might be able to do with our kids doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing your perspective. And again, if this guy can get a podcast out there, anybody can get a podcast out there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I definitely need to go to the school of creative editing. I've, I've listened to, and I want you audience to go check out cantrips and coffee. I am definitely new to that world of role-playing games. I'm far from knowledgeable really on that end of things, but yeah, you can definitely tell the passion and, and the editing. You can tell you put a lot of time into it. It's something that uh, I think as I record more and I listen back and it's like, Ooh, like, you know what? I messed up here. And I, I've played around a little bit for me. I guess my thing is like, like I, I'm doing this just to connect with people and I, I'm really missing kind of that water cooler talk, even at school. Yeah. So, you know, the more kind of authentic, at least for me on, on this end of things for me, for my podcast, that's kind of what, what I'm thinking about, but I've, I've definitely kind of wondered about just all the things you can do with editing. And I have to ask because I haven't played really a role playing game. I was actually going to ask yep. you or Mike this question, like the problem with, the problem with, well, any board game for me is like I struggle with the games that you really have to pay attention to that last a really long time. Like, is is yeah. there a good like introduction to maybe specifically role playing games where it's like this is like super basic. There's not a lot of instructions. It can be a little bit more social, too, instead of like, you know, the focus maybe as, as some of your games. Yeah, so there, there's tons of systems out there, and every one that we review on the podcast, we talk about, like, is this good for beginners? Yeah. And then there's a lot of them, like the one that's going to be premiering here next week is definitely not. It's super involved and super heavy. Um, but you can get ones that the entire rules for it fits on one sheet of paper. Okay. And they're very bare bones, and one that we played at Christmas was called Dadlands, and the whole basis of it is just that, like, you are a dad and you're dealing with problems by figuring out what type of dad you are. Are you a grill dad or a coach <laughs> dad or whatever? And it's really punny and stupid. And That's awesome. And 
like that system you don't even need dice you yeah. just like throw like coins in a bag and pull them out and that's how you make your decisions um so there's a huge gambit as far as like super simple pick it up literally anybody can play it um we played that episode with Chantel, who's actually right. been a guest on yeah. show and she had never touched a game like that before and she did awesome with it and then there's ones like the one we're doing next week they're like it's eight hours of play time to Ooh. get through like one session wow. and it's super involved and there's a lot of math and yeah so there's there's definitely some gateways in there you just have to figure out kind of i think go with like what is your theme that you're big into if you like puns yeah. dadlands is totally up your alley That's, that sounds um, me that sounds like me <laughs> that was what we were saying when we were recording. <laughs> like, oh man we should have got murray he would have been all over the dad puns uh, <laughs> yeah it, and um, it would be good practice someday like, yeah, it'd be awesome. We would love to have you on for sure. Sweet. Yeah, um, looking forward to the day where we can play a game like that in person too. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. Uh, from sitting for eight hours to a board game, uh, it's definitely time for recess. So recess is kind of our lighter segment, getting to know our guests, uh, kind of what they're all about outside of the teaching aspect. Episode 17, Coffee with Cade. Uh, there's a few avenues I want to go down here with you. I know we've talked a lot about pandemic projects. Some would argue that maybe for both yours and mine, podcasting has been that. But I, oh, I've, sure. no, I've noticed a lot on, on Instagram lots of work with guitar making and, and making guitars and and do you want to give us some context like how did you get into that and and tell us maybe a little bit more about kind of a cool hobby like that yeah for sure so uh so i've been playing guitar since i was like 15 and um it got to the point where i was spending a lot of money on guitars that uh, I probably should have been spending on like rent and food. <laughs> um, student loans were not well managed when I was in college. And uh, I got it in my head that if I built a guitar, it would probably be cheaper than if I bought one already pre-built. And while that's true for like high-end guitars, it is very much not true for like normal people guitars. Um, but basically what I did for my first one was I just like, I talked to my dad who had a buddy who was like a really experienced carpenter. And we just watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos and kind of figured it out as we went along. And we came up with something that it's not perfect, but it's, it's probably my favorite guitar that I own. And um, then kind of, I, I played with just that and kind of set it aside. Um, and then my wife and I just bought our first house here like a year ago. And I finally have a garage that right. I can fill with tools yeah. and start doing more projects with. So I decided that I was going to start building more guitars and uh, just kind of doing fun stuff with them. So my second guitar was one that was auctioned off for um, the our local uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospital, which for us is the Stollery up in Edmonton, and raised about $500, $600 for them. Um, I'm building one now that is all kind of thematically connected to our podcast so it's got like coffee beans and d20s all like <laughs> included in it and uh this one's actually part of like an international guitar building competition and yeah it's just like it's just a fun thing that um i'm enjoying doing it it's one of those things where like i'm not a super handy guy i you know, we had a leak in our house and it was because like a tap didn't get closed all the way. And I had to call my father-in-law to yeah. come help me out. Cause I didn't know what I was looking at, yeah, yeah. but That's it's right. one of those things where like, I can lock myself in, in the garage for you know every night for a month and come out with a guitar. And that's something that like my 
dad and his buddies who are pretty experienced carpenters can't do. And it's just, yeah, it's just like, it's a fun little side project that you get something tangible out of on the other end. And, totally. And I've, I've seen some images. Yeah. They definitely look great. Uh, is there anywhere that anyone can find those pictures? Yeah. So it's on Instagram as well as on Facebook, uh, Ravencroft guitars. Um, yeah. It's don't judge me too hard because there's a lot of mistakes <laughs> along the way and I don't hide them. Um, yeah, look at my first experience pouring resin. If you want a, a good example of major mistakes that took a lot of cleanup, but, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. No, it's good. You had a, you kind of segued into my next recess topic, which I thought would. I mean, if anyone, I mean, I'm sure by the end of this episode, just hearing Kay's lovely voice, I mean, he's just a, <laughs> he's just an angel of the people, and I just think of oh, yeah. you. You've definitely <laughs> you've definitely done a lot of work with with charity. And you mentioned even the guitar, but kind of I, I I've I laugh at at that because not that you did for charity. What I mean by that is uh, one of the things I remember from from teaching with you is is just I went I just think I was teaching a grade seven science class and like all the kids are late. I'm like, where are these kids? Like I go down to the gym, they're not there, and then all these kids come screaming down, being like, Mr. Doyle, like you know, Cade, Cade got leveled with a pie in the face and, and he was just super late for like, and the kids were just going bananas, like trying to teach them the rest of the day was just, was just rough. But I know, I know charity's a big, do you remember that? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I'm really sorry about that one. Yeah. <laughs> there's one, there's one person in particular. I don't, I don't usually mention kids names, but there was this one yeah. kid that was just like, he was like jumping up and down. He was excited. <laughs> But uh, how did you, for you, maybe get into charity? Is it something that, that you've kind of always, you know, prioritized just charity work or giving back? Obviously, we're in a profession where, you know, there's a lot of volunteering, extra hours, like doing the extra little things. But kind of what's been your path with charity work? Um, so I've always kind of done charity work. It's just kind of one of those things where like my dad is a very charitable guy. My mom is a very charitable woman. And both of them are just kind of like, if you have the opportunity to help out somebody who is going through a tough time, then you do it. And that's just the way it was. And there was no questioning it. So it's just kind of something that I've always been like, yeah, you know, like I have a little bit of extra money, so I'll, I'll donate it to something. Or like um, I have the ability to do something that's going to encourage other people to donate. So why not do that? Um, most of my fundraisings and charity work has been for the Stollery. Um, my wife, when she was a kid, she was born with a congenital heart disease and uh, basically is only alive because of the Stollery and um, various people in her family, um, her cousin, as well as her sister have both been through the Stollery. And uh, when I was just starting to date my wife, uh, I found out about this charity called Extra Life. And what they do is they raise funds all year and then all the participants get together for a big 24-hour gaming marathon. They play video games. A bunch of kids from the Stollery come down, and we play games with them. And uh, it's just it's an absolute riot. It's so much fun. Um, so I got big involved with that, and I'm now part of, like, the organizing team. And I do all these, like, milestone goals for, like, hey, if we hit this much money raised, I'll do this stupid thing to myself. Or if we do this, I'll let kids pie me in the face, or I'll get my belly button pierced or something <laughs> stupid. And and uh, yeah, I made the mistake one year of telling the kids uh, about what I was doing and they got real into it. Yeah. And yeah, pieing me in the face was a highlight for them. They loved hearing about how I was going to um, 
like wax my legs and <laughs> I have a I have a tattoo of the Stollery bear on my leg because of extra life and oh, cool. eating a Carolina Reaper and Happy Meal smoothies and yeah. So that's, it's been a lot of really dumb stuff, but no, that's, yeah, no, it's what, a ton of fun. What a cool, did you ever follow through with that belly button piercing or we, I was on the plan for last year and then with COVID, I figured going and getting a, a piercing was probably not a great idea. Yeah. So it's been bumped to this year. So if we hit, I think it's a thousand dollars then I'll, I'll go get my belly button pierced. Jeez, um, I'll have to get my wallet yeah. out when you, when I hear, there I don't you know. know. <laughs> oh, that's good. Ouch. That would be painful. Good. So yeah. this is episode 17, Coffee with Cade. Uh, I definitely need coffee for my brief, very brief stint uh, of teaching drama, which is our last period of the day. Uh, kudos for you on teaching drama. But I, I mean, I I definitely heard it in your voice when you said kind of drama is like your passion and, and kind of what drives you um, especially. But have you kind of always been in the in drama? I'm assuming maybe you've done drama kind of throughout the years in high school, and then it's kind of evolved to as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I started doing drama when I was in grade nine and getting involved in doing um, like plays and stuff with our high school. Uh, my hometown has a really big theater program. They actually are fortunate enough to have like our our town like performing arts center is attached right to the high school. So all the drama classes are in there because nobody's renting it out during the day. Um, so you kind of get the experience of actually being on like a real performance space um, rather than just being in a classroom, which is the experience that a lot of kids in high school have. Um, so I did a lot of plays with that. And then when I went off to university and I had to pick a minor, uh, I, I said that I would do drama because it was something that I loved. And I figured most schools have, you know, a fine arts department and you can do drama anywhere. If you don't have a classroom, you can do it outside if you have to or whatever. And I just remember it being such a, a, a formative experience for me where I kind of got to explore who I was and what I enjoyed and um, what I was interested in, in a way that felt a lot less um, a lot less high risk, I guess. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've done some plays and stuff, you know, outside of school as well. And then getting into teaching drama, I now get to be on the other side where I'm directing kids through plays and stuff like that. It's so much fun. Like I said, you get to see kids in a totally different light and, uh, it really helps you build relationships with kids that you just wouldn't get in a normal classroom. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It's, you tied it so much into, I mean, my field of, of extracurricular kind of coaching and we just talked about that volunteer time, but I know you've put on some big productions. I imagine it'd be like the same. I mean, my current school, we had like this virtual Christmas concert this year and, and oh, yeah. like the band teacher was kind of really like getting that going. And it's just like yeah. this the stress and like anxiety of trying to get like this perfect performance you know, in a normal yeah. life, let alone like virtually, like it's gotta be, it's yeah. gotta be kind of stressful at times. Oh, for sure. I imagine it's very similar to like, like going to the big tournament of yeah. the season for whatever sport you're coaching. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's one of those things where you have to get it right on like this one very specific occasion. And there, it's all the buildup from the entire season up to there. And you just kind of have to sit back and hope it goes well and be ready to either cheer with your kids or console them because it didn't go the way they wanted to and um yeah it's just it's really cool to see their that get so passionate about things because nobody's that passionate about math or whatever poem we're reading uh, yeah so <laughs> 
kind of that's exactly what I was hoping for when when you're kind of talking about uh, about drama. Do you have a memorable drama story you want to share with us? Um, not to put you on the spot, like just a funny yeah. thing event, or like maybe the mics didn't work and you guys had to improvise. <laughs> uh, I mean, the second play that I ever did at the school that I'm teaching at now. Um, we forgot so many lines that we cut the time of the play in half. So that was fun. What was supposed to be an hour and a half long play was like 45 minutes. Um, thankfully none of the audience said anything about it, but, uh, that was real rough. Um, but probably like my favorite experience or uh, memory with drama, um, was like, it was the play that we did right before we went into lockdown with COVID. And um, it was like the biggest production that we had done and it was really nerve wracking. And we had some kids in that class who they were in grade 10 and had never taken drama before. They were mostly like shop kids. They, they took like your industrial arts and that kind of thing. And they were kind of floaters as far as like friend groups. They kind of hung out with everybody, but weren't really good friends with anybody other than just like the two of them. And uh, the day of the play, I was running around with like a chicken with my head cut off trying to get everything ready. And uh, our admin assistants called me into the office and they were like, okay, Kate, we have to tell you about this. One of these kids was apparently in the office and had called home four times that morning to make sure that their parents had tickets that were coming to the play because they were so excited that their parents were going to get to see the play and they were super jacked about what it was going to be like. And apparently one of these kids like told their parents like they were so excited because they finally felt like they found somewhere they belonged. And I was crying in the office because <laughs> I was super emotional as it was just like running around. And yeah, it was one of those things where like, at that point, I stopped caring how the play went because I had already basically achieved the best outcome I could have hoped for. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's going to be probably one of my warm, fuzzy memories of being a teacher for a very long time. So, yeah, no, that's I, I feel kind of it's hard to follow up that story, Kate. You kind of left <laughs> me, you kind of left me speechless. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, the, even in the classroom, I mean, there's students that shine you know, and they're going to shine every day, just showing up. They just, they just have that, that aspect figured out, but you know, same thing on a court or, or any sort of sport that you play, just like it would be in drama. I assume like there's kids that, you know, that drama class or, or the phys ed class or that team that they're on, like that might be the only reason that kid's at school. And if you can get them there for those kind of things, um, and maybe build a really good relationship with the kids, which I know you do an awesome job with. And, and I, I really try to do my best with it as well. But it's it's amazing kind of exactly what you said, seeing them in that different light. And, you know, when they leave the school and then they move on to something next, it's it's kind of those things that they remember. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's why, like, I get really defensive when people are like the options or the extracurriculars are kind of throwaway stuff. It's all about the cores. And like, I, I find that's not the case at all, whether it's like I said, doing like an awesome play production or like, you know, getting that buzzer beater three pointer to win a game against, you know, a, a hard fought team yeah. um, or like building a really awesome desk at shop. You know, like it's those things where kids really kind of get to let themselves shine. And um, 
I think that those are the things that we we don't celebrate enough. It's it, a lot of the times it seems to come down just to academics, and we don't focus enough on you know the the social victories that these kids have and figuring out who they are. And it's really cool to kind of be fortunate enough to be in a position to see so many kids get to have those moments. And yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's if it's. Just to kind of add to that, and it's like I said, it's it's really cool. It's it's not necessarily to like what you taught them. It's like who that person is, and it's like all those late nights and hours you put in and like put the work in. Whether it's you know getting props up in your cases or or getting all the technical like sound parts to it, and and drama especially like you know. A lot of people when they hear drama, I'm sure you just think of like, oh, there's an actor or an actress on stage and like yeah. you're in the you're in the scene, but it's yeah. yeah, it's like there's so many different aspects. And I really valued when we worked together, like I was the CTS computers teacher, but you know, we had opportunities where I had kids in my class that, you know, maybe were struggling with more of the traditional computer programs and, and, and you had ways to, you know, help your guys drama play. And then the kids were pumped about yeah. it. And then it's that community yeah. feel to it. For sure. No. Yeah, no, it, it's so much fun. Super rewarding to teach options in any capacity, but yeah. Yeah. Good. This is episode 17, Coffee with Cade. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, who knows what your guitar, maybe you got a guitar to build tonight or maybe maybe you're <laughs> recording an episode or who knows. Or maybe you want to see your wife. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but uh, maybe just one quick general story, memorable moment of teaching anything. Could be something in your classroom. It could be an extracurricular. It could be another drama story. Do you want to kind of tie this thing in a nice bow for us? Uh, sure. So I was thinking about this because, like, you you sent me the outline, and I was thinking, yeah. like, man, like I've only been teaching for four years, <laughs> so like, memorable teaching stories are are tough because they're they're all memorable. Yeah, they're all pretty much. Yeah. But uh, my first year of teaching, uh, I taught a bunch of grade twelve students, so I was only like a few years older than them, which is a really weird experience. Um, and I was getting married like my third week of teaching full time. Um, and I mentioned that to my, this group of grade 12, uh, students that I was teaching English to, and they were like, oh, that's really cool. You know, like, where are you getting married at? I was like, oh, I'm getting married out at this lake. And that's, you know, we're getting married at a campground around there. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to come crash your wedding. Oh, wow. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Ha ha ha. Joke. And like, you know, they're giving me a hard time. So I, I go and I get married and everything. And I, <laughs> I come back on Monday and they're like, Bengert. We were driving around that lake until three in the morning trying to find the campground that you were at. And apparently they crashed three other weddings and at one point ended up in the driveway of the campground that we were actually getting married in oh. and didn't see any lights. And we're like, nah, this ain't it. And then turned around <laughs> and left. <laughs> so, yeah, they were driving around until three o'clock in the morning trying to crash their brand new teacher's wedding. And uh, they were quite upset with me that I, I didn't answer my email on the night of my wedding to yeah. let them know where I was so yeah you're on your school email while you're going through <laughs> exactly. the reception yeah exactly so oh man yeah no kids are kids are really funny just with things like that and I mean in your case I mean you who knows did you have a big was it a big wedding or uh it wasn't that big but like it was outdoors and at a campground so like it covered a big area and uh Definitely. I mean, if you've ever been to a wedding, there's definitely some behavior there that you do not want connected to you as a yeah. teacher with your students, whether yeah. you're the one doing it or not. Um, 
Yeah. So, plus, yeah. plus okay, if you got, very glad they didn't find me. Yeah. So. Plus, if you got to pay for the plate, like if you're paying by the plate, like you don't, you don't need four extra mouths, especially yeah, exactly. kids, especially kids, you know, that you would see just at in a school day. Although they're great, I don't know yeah. if they're worth like, you know, five times thirty some dollars a plate or whatever. Yeah. You're paying. I love my my kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's definitely a line, but uh, oh for sure. Yeah. Any any kind of final things you want to wrap up with, Kate? Any any thoughts on teaching this year during COVID or the pandemic? Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, teaching is is I don't know it's very cliche to say, but I think it's one of the most rewarding professions out there. Yeah. And. Um, during the pandemic, getting to kind of be that that little bit of stability for our kids, where they know that no matter what's going on in the rest of the world, and you know who's on lockdown or what, they they get to come to school or jump into a virtual classroom, and they're going to see their teachers, and you know they're going to be doing English during this time, they're going to be doing math during this time, phys ed, um, and I think just kind of getting to be that rock for kids is super important, and again, kind of. Yeah, it's it's super rewarding, and I don't I wouldn't give it up for anything else. So. Yeah, you preach it, you preach it, Cade. I I like it. I don't <laughs> think there's anything else for me to say. You summed it up great. Well, uh, thanks again, Cade, for stopping by after the bell. For sure. Thanks again, for you me. can find his podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it. It's Cantrips and Coffee. Give it a listen. Uh, for anything, they just talk about, especially the coffee. My favorite parts, uh, I, I like when they dive into the coffee talk and just, <laughs> you know, what they're drinking. I'm, I'm a pretty plain Jane coffee drinker, but they, uh, they've they encouraged me to make, they've encouraged me to maybe try to branch out with coffee. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot for joining us, Kate. Yeah, thank you. Wow. What a, just a great interview with Kate. He's a really smooth talker. He's easy to listen to. And he shared us tons of knowledge and perspective of teaching drama, of his charity work, and just being an overall good guy. So way to go, Cade. Keep up the good work. This is episode 17 of After the Bell podcast, Coffee with Cade. This coffee's over, though. My coffee's at the bottom of this cup. And again, before we go, just want to plug our podcast. You can find us on Instagram at, at after.thebell. Again, send us a message if you want to be on this great podcast. If you have teaching stories, maybe our memorable teacher, or if you want to answer kind of our fan mail about things going on in teaching right now. It's a great, great after school right now. I'm actually just kind of finishing putting up our podcast. We had to do in a couple just different segments here. We uh, we are always continuing to evolve here on After the Bell. And Kate has been maybe an inspiration. Maybe I will get into editing a little bit more. It's hard to say because, like I said, this whole thing is just meant to be conversing and chatting and talking to people and never really was about the you know success of editing the podcast or just like the quality I guess is what the word I'm trying to find but yeah go go check out cantrips and coffee they they do a really good job editing the podcast and I yeah I think you would like it even if you're not the role-playing game they just are a good 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 listen to on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get it. 
you can also find us here there as well so but uh yeah it's it's definitely the end of the school day you're gonna hear this sound until next time class dismissed <laughs>